Hi. So, hello everyone. We hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the first segment of Ekya India's podcast series. I'm Sanya Deshmukh. I'm Pratham Narayan. In this segment, we'll be talking about how the lockdown has affected our mental and emotional well-being. For some of us, this social isolation has given us a chance to introspect and thrive in solidarity. But for most, this is a drastic lifestyle change. and uh, it's important to truly understand what you're going through before before you figure out a coping mechanism so to shed some light on some common questions about mental health that teenagers have we have with us ms anushri menon a renowned mental health professional who works with several organizations uh, a few of which are the orchid school and flame university in pune she's a ferguson college uh, pune alumna and has specialized in child psychology We're so glad to have you with us, ma'am. I hope you're Thank doing you. well. I am, Sunny. I hope you are too. I am. Thank you so much. So, um, my first question: uh, What inspired you to pursue a career in um, counseling with speciali- specialization in uh, child and adolescent mental health? Uh, so, actually, my just to clarify, my specialization has been uh, in clinical psychology and not in uh, child and adolescent mental health per se, but my entire uh, range of experience has been with child and adolescent mental health and thereafter whatever uh, self initiated trainings i took were towards uh, that uh, target population so uh, sorry your question was what led me towards this entire yeah, what field? inspired that- you what inspired you yes um i guess i was always interested in this in in the field of psychology and it started off when it when i think i was in school sometime and i just had heard that as a word and i remember taking some very crappy aptitude test and uh, that also used the word psychology so i was just curious um mm-hmm. and uh, that led me to figure out more and more and the more i tried to figure out about psychology at that age the lesser i understood what it was all about so that kind of curiosity i guess just uh i just held on to it and then it led me from one step to the next so i didn't know exactly when i began i didn't know how huge the scope was uh so honestly it was literally while i was doing my masters that also at the end of my masters when i was doing my block placements was when i started working with an i was working for a month with an organization in bangalore which um, worked with children on the spectrum and uh, there i worked with children as well as adolescents and some young adults on the spectrum and that kind of just actually led me into this whole age group and then it just started from there so yeah that's great that's great so um what were the major mental health concerns that the children came to you with before the quarantine before the lockdown hmm so you know uh it's it it would be very unfair of me to try and peg everything in certain boxes because i don't believe in doing that at all in the first place uh but if i were to just think about like a broad range see um the adolescent or the teenage years are characterized by a whole lot of changes any which ways right so this age is the age and i mean i don't mean this in a very uh, condescending uh, tone i mean this as a factual reality which i wish more adults who are working with teenagers understood there is a neuro bio psychosocial perspective to teenage development 
इट्स नॉट जस्ट हॉर्मोन्स होते हैं तो ऐसा हो जाता है इट्स नॉट सो सिंप्लिस्टिक एंड सो वॉट हैपन्स इज दैट firstly there are so many changes right that are happening in this age and like i said on so many fronts not just the physical but the biological the neurological the emotional the social more so you know and everything is connected it's not cause and effect and it's not linear but it's very interconnected so that's mm-hmm. firstly the foundation right of the adolescent years and because of the novelty and the newness of it there is very little uh, we are not prepared for how to navigate through it right now these things then get kind of highlighted with very um, very obvious and very natural situations starting with life situations and social situations so one of the most common things that and like i said i work uh, spec- I, i most of my work is also associated with uh, students at uh, educational organizations so um, we are not talking only about a clinical population here we are talking about you know young people who uh, who are basically in a very uh, i mean you know they are they are approaching these organizations from a from a very developmental perspective so mm-hmm. one of the most common things that i see are basic adjustment issues when i say adjustment issues what i mean is dealing with overwhelming life situations which could range from anything to do with peers to relationships and you when i say relationships relationships i mean romantic relationships and crushes and you know involvements and uh, or then dealing with family related concerns you know the family dynamics and how and everyone's everyone's concerns related to family dynamics are different you know it could be about interpersonal connect with parents it could be parental conflict or marriage related conflict for parents and all of these life situations lead to uh, they need not be again there are many i would say that it's i find it super amazing how resilient you guys as in teenagers can be because when you think about what all is happening inside your brain you know biologically and everything that life is throwing you newly at this point in time i mean you guys are such bosses for dealing with all of it but i also feel that unfortunately it sometimes does get overwhelming and then it also depends on everyone's personal life situation right so everyone's support systems are different everyone's uh, skills and abilities are different everyone's uh, predispositions and temperaments are different so then what happens is that for many of those earlier concerns i was talking about the coping mechanisms are not so great and so that could lead to a lot of issues and then those kind of spiral you know so mm-hmm. then my work is is very focused on helping young people figuring out positive coping mechanisms because every time you may not be able to fix the problem source you know yeah. like if there's something happening at home uh, maybe the child is not capable is not, and it's unfair on that particular teenager to expect to do something that would change the course of how their parents marriage would go or whatever other situation may be so then so a lot of students i meet are uh, you know dealing with uh, life situations that are thrown to them at this age which then also because of all the factors i told you earlier about the neurobiopsychosocial factors then when they uh, 
it, depending on personal resilience and depending on personal skills, sometimes those can be triggers for larger mental health concerns. So then mm-hmm. I, I deal with a lot of anxiety related concerns. Um, and again, for many of them, they could be addressed with counseling or talk therapy. Uh, but many a times it does require a lot more intervention. Um, also, uh, depression is something that I work a lot with in young people. And, you know, again, like I said, the way it manifests, it could be different for everyone. Uh, but uh, these are some of the ranges. And what what makes matters worse is when, like I said, when there are negative coping mechanisms to all of these, it, it becomes like, you know, um, an, an exacerbating factor. So sleep disturbances, I mean, there are you know, so many other concerns that are, that are associated with this aid. So all of those things, when they pile up, then it becomes really hard to kind of deal with them. These are kind of a range of uh, difficulties that I see on an average. Like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about a whole lot of things because I can't talk about those things on an average. But these are some of the things I can speak of what I see on an average. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So according to you now, what are the major uh, mental health issues faced by the youth of our country in these unprecedented times of the lockdown then? Hmm. So you know what? Um, I don't know why I feel like there is not so much of a change in issues. It's just that it's all been exacerbated now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know whether there is a, a difference in the sense of what are the issues that young people are dealing with. But in the lockdown, what has happened is A, they have been kind of magnified and B, the way these problems are surfacing have changed. So the way they look, you know, the appearance of it has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. the the way, the, the roots of what are some of the concerns that young people are facing, I feel are pretty much still very similar to a lot of things that I mentioned in, to your previous question. So mm-hmm. what is happening is that, and like I said, wh- why is it getting as exacerbated? Because firstly, just the existence of this pandemic and how people are processing what they, how it is affecting them, both literally, that is in terms mm-hmm. of anxieties related to the pandemic itself and to, towards their own health and safety. So in, in, in one of the organizations that I worked with, I, I did like a general survey as to what are some of the things and, you know, what are some of the things that you're worried about in this pandemic? And it had things, it had things like my own health or health of my family members or, you know, uh, the constant worry that something will happen to us. Or then, uh, you know, how right now being in that space with family uh, how mm-hmm. that is, that's a change dynamic. I mean, very, I don't know how many, uh, not just young people, but I don't know how many families are literally spending every waking hour of their day together, day in and day out for so many months. I don't know. I mean, this is not a, this is really unprecedented, like you said. So, and then this has changed the way that young people are connecting with friends. Does it mean you're not connecting with friends? No, I don't think so. I think if anything, you may be connecting even more, but the way you're doing it has changed. Uh, the way you're perceiving academics and the stressors related to academics, that has undergone, undergone some change. And to add to all of this, because of the lockdown, the number of outlets that young people have to address these concerns have reduced. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the number of ways they may have earlier used to address these concerns, which, which come as natural coping skills for all of you. But 
what happens is that with the lockdown those have narrowed down so mm-hmm. then i feel which is why i feel that i don't know whether the the kind of things have changed but it's it's just like you know blown up right now that's that's how i uh, look at it and also it's not just that what's what's happening is that more than anything of course though i see that apart from how everything has spiked and i am of course seeing a lot of anxiety and a lot of you know coping related concerns that's what i'm mm-hmm. seeing a spike of but like i said that's actually not any different from what i spoke about earlier if you really think about okay it. all right yeah yeah so how do you think that this you know drastic change of routine will impact mental health in the long term for adolescents so how this routine as in how the change of like tell me a little bit more yeah. about what you mean by change in routine well waking up going to school going about your day going to classes and now mm. it's it's pretty you know laid back and you're staying at home the entire day you're not even wearing your proper uniforms so it's yeah, pretty laid yeah. back the entire day <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and i feel um i'm so grateful that many of you are you know in a place of privilege where you also have access to all of those a uh, few other aspects of routine versus i mean just yesterday or today where i was reading a news where 90 lakh students are going to not be able to attend college after their 10th grade because of lack of resources mm-hmm. uh, you know something like that my statistics are completely wrong i'm sure but i okay. this is i read that number somewhere and i i thought that was really unsettling to know that you know so many young people with ha- just having finished such a important milestone in their life and then not really having you know anything else to kind of go into so i can only imagine how unsettling that must be and so when if you ask me how could it affect now um like you said you know it's laid back so i can definitely see it very difficult for getting back to life whenever that may be and what's interesting is that both you and i nor anyone knows what really getting back would mean what is it going to look like and you know how is that going to be so what happens is that because of that lack of clarity you don't really know what to prep for so if you don't mm. know what to prep for you don't know what to do with your today as well usually your day is guided by what you're doing towards something but when you don't know what it is that toward uh it it kind of has an effect on how you do your today and that is where i worry because like you said you know the the not so much of a clear routine and what what i'm worried about is that it looks laid back and it looks like kuch nahi chal raha hai chill maar rahe hain sab log but actually it's more i mean now is actually a good time to really sit and see how you can you know really give it some structure for yourself because what will happen is that right now it's easy to spiral mm-hmm. right now it's easy to be all over the place and you know just really so if you're chill and you're able to not do anything with if there is no stressor in your life right now this chill will just be a sense of complacency and you know you'll just be complacent but if, for those of us in distress this randomness could be very very deteriorating and very overwhelming so mm, my worry is that you know it will so whatever we, then whatever coping mechanisms you may be using now and sorry i when i say you i just mean mm-hmm. the average population that yeah yeah that you know 
the worry is that if the the coping mechanisms being used now are negative or are not helpful or are unhealthy my worry is that those become a habit and then it just kind of you know makes it far worse to just function uh on a day to day basis and then like i said when there is some semblance of normalcy uh it becomes it's going to become way harder to get back into that Mm-hmm. uh so maybe somewhere along this conversation i'd like to even get into a little bit about how you can do that but yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah. no perhaps this is the new normal <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so also um so recent data released by the national legal services authority called nalsa uh, suggests that the nationwide lockdown has led to a rapid increase in cases of de- demo- uh, domestic violence sorry so how do you think this will impact you know the younger members of the family in the long term yeah yeah and i can't even imagine how tough that must be because i mean home is your first safe space right home is True. your place and it's it's where you go to when you feel the most vulnerable and you know that's you the hope is that home is is where you feel protected and safe and if that space itself is a space which is you know just the just the physical presence of yourself in that space is causing distress i cannot even imagine what that must be like mm-hmm. and of course it will have an impact on the children in the family i mean i am not even getting into what impact it will have on the uh, on you know on the parent who's facing the domestic violence the children could be facing it too the children could be mm-hmm. subjected to violence and abuse too and what happens is that i mean apart from the obvious distress and the obvious physical uh, you know danger that the child would be in and even if the child is not being uh, abused or you know directly harassed, yeah directly if it's the parent who's if one parent is you know engaging in abusive behavior towards the other uh it can really have some really you know uh difficult uh, repercussions i mean think about it home is also where you form your first you know we we all home is where we all form the first ideas of what is a healthy relationship what is a relationship forget about healthy unhealthy because we don't know any different we mm-hmm. learn about relationships the first place we learn about relationships is at home not just parent child and sibling child but even a loving even a romantic you know in that sense like a a parent a, you know a marriage based relationships we, where where do we learn it we learn it from home and it can be so distressing so confusing it can cause so much dissonance to see what's happening and at the end of the day home is still only one aspect of a young person's life there's so many other aspects of your life that you hold very important to you so i can't even imagine that that kind of split that you have to kind of deal with when we are talking about okay that this is happening in my home but now how do i what do i do with my friends or you know do i keep it very separate from there or how do i engage in school work do i can i keep it separate is it even possible is there even something called keeping it separate so it can lead to a lot of i mean and then what is my relationship with my own parent like that you know is it am i able to connect with my parent so my parents clearly don't have a 
you know healthy relationship but that need not mean that my parent is not a good parent to me and that can be very confusing if i feel that i mean of course i love mom and dad but then i am not able to make sense of why person a is doing this to person b or you know so it can be extremely difficult and all of this gets even more complicated if there is no access to help if there is access to help and if there is initiative to take support and help mm-hmm. it, i feel you know very hopeful about the situation but i it just becomes more complex when there is no access for help so then it of course will have a great effect it have a great impact on not just your relationship with your parents but you know our sense of self our sense of how we look at relationships the the way we process what foundations of relationships are all of these things can get affected so yeah it can be quite it's very true difficult yeah I will hand over the question. Pratham, if sure. you will. Okay. So, Mam, you spoke about initiatives of uh, providing mental health. So, in April, the government of Maharashtra launched a 24 by 7 toll-free helpline number for people to reach out and seek help for mental health concerns. How effective do you think these initiatives could be? See, I feel anyone who is trying to do something positive coming from an ethical. and well intentioned and professional space can only do good right so if the if the support being extended is being done by professionals by trained professionals uh, who are equipped to deal with all of these concerns and they are being done in an ethical way uh, any initiative i feel is only going to do good because especially helplines i feel because uh, i see what happens is that many a times again the way we process mental health and um, access to support and access to help in india is very different so there is already i don't think only in india i think it's very unfair to single out india i think it's the case everywhere it's just a matter of degrees so but what happens is that most of these helplines when you reach out to them there is a wonderful uh, i mean it's interesting why i say wonderful because i feel that because many of these helplines they don't really they they don't care about who you are and where you, you know they are ready to sub- provide you support even if you are being anonymous in that sense so a lot of people one big burden that they can just let go of is that there is no stigma because this person doesn't know me literally and even if i say you know even if i share what i'm actually feeling no one is going to judge me for who i am because they don't know me in that sense right so i feel that that is one big you know uh, yes it has its many many pitfalls because of course when you are getting support um, it helps if it is someone who can constantly you know work with you on a more sustained basis but i feel helplines are like that first distress call like you know that first aid and i feel that that definitely can be very very helpful it may not be you know entire i mean it may not have a uh, long lasting uh, support related uh, you know possibilities but it's a great place to start and also many helplines now uh, i know for sure are not just doing that acha apne ek bar call kar liya maine aap abhi main professional hu i address your concern now and then i keep the phone and i forget about you 
good health lines in india are not doing that they they are they yes, have a sense of follow up they have uh, you know how how to kind of ensure that that person and what i love about some of these helplines especially i call is that they also focus on um providing social support to the person in that particular situation and so they kind of are connected with people all across the country so even if i am sitting in you know i may be a professional sitting in i call but i'm connected to i'm just using i call as a reference but i'm just saying that you know and i don't know yes, whether they'll be okay with me quoting them but i'm just saying that i'm i'm using their name because i feel that they're doing a wonderful job so i just feel that helplines like that which are connected across the country they um they don't just they also know how to connect you with local sources of support so i feel uh, helplines both by the government and by not for profit organizations and by you know anyone who like i said is doing it professionally trained ethically as long as these three criteria are fulfilled i feel that it can only do good and i i see see and again what also is happening is that they are also spreading a lot of awareness so it's not like they are doing uh you know what needs to be done there's also a lot of awareness that's being spread so i feel good about it okay so ma'am my next question for you would be in india especially mental health is not a tangible concept we cannot quantify it or physically see it and thus we tend to nullify it what can we do to get rid of the social stigma and make people comfortable to talk about it so like i said even earlier i don't think i don't know for sure that this is only a problem in india i think this is pretty much the problem with mental health pretty much everywhere but you are right about how it is far more difficult to digest a mental health concern than a physical health concern and sometimes you know it's even when the physical health concern is super scary and even fatal uh, that somehow doesn't uh, sound as stigmatized you know stigmatized as even a manageable but mental health concern because it's not you know you can't take a test and say ha i have so much depression yes there are rating scales and all of that but it's it's a very you know abstract concept and it is it's manifested through such different ways but how is it that we can help spread it i think it's not a definitely it's not a one switch on switch off kind of a thing it's going to be a long process but what are things that help that process i can share what i think and this is just my personal and professional opinion about what i think i think firstly we need to change the narrative of you know strength in this country like you know how we talk about strength that if you are strong then you can deal with problems in your life if you are weak you can't deal with problems that's not true it's got nothing to do with strength yes and again there are other terms to be used yes your resilience matters your coping skills matters and all of these things matters and these are not things that are only inherent these are things that can be built as well they are skills that can be built so but the problem is the moment you attach ki ha he is always he has sad he has depression and so he is weak i mean the moment you say things like that so the way we speak about strength even even removing the context of mental illness when we speak about strength as being then not equal to any other concern and so even mental health is associated with that so that narrative i feel should change another narrative i feel is that you know these very gendered conversations and again emotional you talk about someone being emotional as if it's a bad thing 
but emotion is something that is required for everyone to possess you can't i say ha wo bahut sensitive hai usko kuch bolna nahi wo bahut sensitive hai matlab kya aap sensitive nahi ho matlab i don't understand so i just feel that the way we talk about dealing with difficulties in our life yes like i said i still stand by the fact that there are negative ways of coping with distress and there are positive ways of coping with distress but when we generalize it and we say that everyone who is having a problem is weak i have a huge problem with that so that is i feel once that starts to change generally the way we look at human functioning will change and that will slowly kind of seep into even narratives of mental health what i also feel is that awareness i mean this is like the most cliche thing to say but the more you know about what something is the more you also know about what it is not right so only when you then eliminate that acha this doesn't mean this this doesn't mean this it means this because it doesn't help to say acha mental health is not blah 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 bolke fayda nahi hai you have to also learn what it is right so awareness especially which is why i love what you guys are doing that it's it's about getting into earlier awareness and earlier awareness creates earlier intervention possibilities you know so even if one person who is listening to you, what you guys have to say realizes that you know what i need to figure out something else and so i'm going to seek professional help i think that's you know you you've done your job i feel also again i feel we also start to need to focus on building resilience as a country rather than being immune to things we are not no one is immune to anything no one is not going to face a difficult time in their lives but the moment we all accept that yes these are all difficulties that we can we all can face and like i said it's got nothing to do with how strong you are and how weak you are you are human being you are a different person than anyone else so if you are finding it difficult to deal with something that doesn't that doesn't give us any right to judge you or to hold you in lower stead than the others it just means that we have to help you or you have to help yourself find ways of supporting yourself that work for you so i think some of these ways and like i said awareness at right from a very young age which is why i feel you guys are the future when it comes to this that you know spreading spreading the message of and the importance of positive mental health and also not only focusing on uh, you know uh, deteriorating our mental illness so not just giving importance to men- mental illness which it should and people should get the help and support but also focusing on positive mental health that's i think a, a way to start i feel thank you ma'am okay so ma'am my next question for you is that what are the early signs of mental health concerns to look out and when is it important to reach out to a professional um uh, in general uh, what is your opinion on that hmm uh so do you mean that this is something that you're talking about if i myself am going through something or is it that if you're looking at are you talking about uh, what are the signs that others should watch out for uh, for example the youth what uh, signs early signs a youth should be uh, like uh, understanding and then he should be Uh, reaching out for help with a professional or something right 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 uh see i think it all starts with first understanding uh, being very aware and very mindful of are there any what is it that i'm feeling what is my mental space like how am i processing how my life is going uh am i finding myself in a lot of distress a lot of times am i uh, constantly feeling that there is a 
you know there is a constant distress that i all, all almost all, almost always feel uh, how is that affecting other aspects of my life you know am i uh, first and foremost am i uh, basic functioning uh, you know biological aspects all okay am i am i feeling good about like you know do i feel like eating is my sleep routine okay is my food routine okay i mean these are some of the first things that kind of uh, we analyze but i think a lot of self awareness see even to know to recognize that i may be in need of help i first need to be very aware of what's happening with me so the moment you start to sense that i'm constantly feeling a sense of distress it that doesn't mean that you may necessarily immediately need professional help i'm not saying that you don't but i'm not saying that you do either but it means that when when you start to feel that way it's a good idea to introspect and see what is bringing me this distress is there some is there a trigger in my life is there a is there a stimulus in my life that is causing me a lot of distress um and finding out how to address those concerns right that's the first step to take and then of course if you start to feel that you know my entire life and every aspect of my functioning be it my personal life my social life my academic life my familial life if everything is kind of being affected by this one problem and i don't know how to deal with it i am not able to cope with it it's a good idea to get professional help that's how i think about it and when i say professional help also you know there are it's not just one way of looking at things so when you talk about mental health there are various uh, possibilities you know whether you are talking about talking to a counselor or therapist or if it is then a more uh, you know if there is a if there is a clinical uh, you know significance to what is happening then the therapist or counselor themselves will re- refer you to a psychiatrist so you know there are so many levels of how you can seek help like i said sometimes if you pay attention to yourself and if you have trusted people in your life who you seek support from even just reaching out to them can make such a big difference even just seeking their support in addressing these concerns can make such a big difference so i would say just be very mindful of how you're feeling what's happening in your life keep a track of how are you functioning like i said your daily routine does it have enough sleep does it have the right amount of untimely meals does it have are you constantly irritable and irritated what are the things that you think so doing a little bit of you know be like your own sherlock holmes and try to see what are the various things that you can identify keep yes this is constantly and sometimes if you find it difficult to address it sometimes like many a times when i'm talking to young people they will talk about all of these things and then after a long time you say you know i can't get over that thing that happened and you know and then it all kind of you realize that there is so much that's built up on one thing and then you know so to address those things but i would say whenever if ever you feel that it's getting too overwhelming first start by talking to your loved ones get them on board and i know that for young people that can be very difficult i mean uh, i i can imagine I, i of course please don't think that i feel that you don't have a good relationship with your parents or anything of that sort I, the awesome thing is that more and more young people i feel have wonderful relationships with their family and their loved ones and their parents than say when i was young i mean i couldn't even dream of thinking about talking to my parents about some of the things that you guys so easily talk to your parents about i mean i wish i had that so i don't mean that you can't already do that maybe you already can 
so then all the more you know reach out to them and let them know that and a lot of young people tell me i don't want to tell my parents because two two reasons one is i feel they'll freak out and then they'll kind of try to you know see they'll try to hold it against me ki tune woh kyu kiya pehle pehle tune woh kyu kiya tune use pehle woh nahi karna chahiye tha and then you get gyan on that and then you're like i don't want to listen to that gyan so i'll just forget about it or then they feel i don't want my parents to worry see i'll tell you your parents are anyway worried you do whatever you do they are anyway worrying so then you know this added thing is is going to be a nothing it's not going to add any more value i mean sorry it's not going to add any more weight in fact it may take some of the weight off your parents because you know they will finally know what's happening and if not parents then a trusted adult an adult who you feel is going to take what you're saying seriously uh, but nothing to beat professional help so yeah that's what i feel Oh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, as you mentioned that uh, you can also reach out to your family and parents. So, ma'am, what according to you could a caretaker? It could be your parents. It could be a close friend. It could be a family member. It could be a, a better half or your partner. So, uh, what could they do to understand and help a person facing general mental health problem like anxiety, phobias, or anything like that? See, first is. first and foremost is just listen hear the person out and listen a without judgment and b without trying to solve the problem because it may not be ha acha ye ho raha acha tum ye karo fir sab theek ho jayega it may not be as simple as that because trust that the person themselves has their own skill set and has their own abilities jo unko pehle obviously laga hoga ki ye karne se theek ho jayega wo unhone already kiya hoga और नहीं हो रहा है ठीक इसलिए तो दे आर रीचिंग आउट राइट सो डोंट ट्रिवियलाइज द प्रॉब्लम बाय सेइंग दैट कुछ नहीं है हमारे जमाने में भी ऐसा होता था और यू नो और यहाँ ये सब दिस इज अ कॉमन टीनेज प्रॉब्लम इट मे बी अ कॉमन टीनेज प्रॉब्लम बट इट डजेंट हेल्प टू ह्योर दैट बिकॉज देन इट फील्स लाइक माई मीन्स माई प्रॉब्लम इज नॉट इम्पॉर्टेंट सो फर्स्ट स्टेप टू डू इज लिसन लिसन टूवर्ड्स लिसनिंग एंड नॉट टूवर्ड्स wanting to give gyan and advice and because see that's also the biggest myth about many people telling i am a very good counselor to my friends i i am a very good counselor to my uh, children to my friends children you know they I, they listen to everything i have to say i give very good advice but the point is that actually therapy and that's they say counseling and i am good very therapist therapy and counseling actually has got nothing to do with giving advice in fact a therapist or a counselor who is immediately giving you advice on what to do i will be a little wary because a, a counselor no one knows the answers to the problems in your life better than you do but professional help will get you equipped with tools that will help you solve your own problems right so that's what counseling or therapy does so forgetting okay coming back to what your question that first thing that everyone should do is first listen without judgment hear them out then try to build a network of support right so if there are things that are going to help this person very consciously and keep that person in the loop this is you don't treat someone who's going through a tough time like one you know um, 
what do you say that oh we have to talk in whispers around them and we have to take you know what you do this and then i'll do this no involve that person in what will help them how can i help you if i don't include you in the conversations of helping you right so it needs to start with that feeling of let's do this together rather than let me do this to you to help you you know and of course then you know taking ahead holding that conversation with trust and then helping them identify the resources that are required like i said sometimes the resources are within hold you know they are within the near vicinity it may just be about addressing a few concerns that can be addressed but then sometimes it could be about professional help so then helping them get that support so but this is like i said the first step is listening without trivializing thank you ma'am okay uh, so ma'am my next question uh, would be nowadays students are having online classes so uh, their one on one human interaction with their teachers with their friends uh, has been like uh, near zero can this actually determine uh, can this actually affect to the students uh, can affect the students mental health as it uh, affects in many ways because uh, the uh, students sometimes they open up to their teachers as well sometimes they open up to their peers so how can this affect a student's mental health yeah yeah you know um, of course it can affect uh, i i don't mean it so i want to um, kind of just clarify to that question that it's not about online classes because i feel online classes just independently see at the end of the day if you're talking about engaging in online classes i feel that is a great alternative we have considering the circumstance right so let's not just bash online classes just because it it is what it is because in the absence of the possibility of actually going to school this is the next best alternative because i feel that imagine if this also this is also not there what are you know you need young people are very the energy levels are very high you need something to engage with so going for online classes gives you a sense of purpose it gives you a sense of engagement you all have your own ways of doing masti in your online classes which i think is awesome so you know online classes by themselves i don't think are so evil so let's first get that clear is it um as but definitely what happens in an online because it's online and because it's not in person the difficulties are arising because of the lack of face to face right so there's a difference right so now when they, you're absolutely right about that part that you know then when i'm not able to when uh when you are not able to connect with someone face to face what also happens is that it makes it far more difficult to notice when someone is going through a rough time like otherwise your teachers or you know other important people in your life when they see you it's easier for them to notice ki like so many teachers have told you today you look off or today you're not you seem like kuch to gadbad hai what's happening that becomes lesser of a possibility on in online class i know some excellent teachers who are doing that even now and um, i know some excellent friendships that you guys have who that you are able to even you know reach out to even in these times even though it's online but i agree with you that what happened now this connect, it's not like connecting with each other online is something new that has happened only now you're always connected online like we all 
always used zoom or always used whatsapp or insta or whatever it may be but now it has become like a uh, it's earlier it was a complement or it was complementing your real life functioning now it is supplementing your real life functioning and that is the scary part that is the difficult part so yes you are right that my worry is not so like i said it's not that online classes kharab hai but it's like absolutely that because that face to face interaction has reduced the it's become harder for people to reach out it's become harder for people to notice that like i said it's harder for even adults to notice that something is off or you know and what makes it difficult is that for some young people where you know then it becomes that parents become the only people jinko notice karna padta hai ki kya ho raha hai mere bacche ke life mein and that is so anyway a difficulty for in many homes for parents to be able to notice because and bechare i don't always blame the parents also like that would be mean of me just like i can't i cannot always blame young people who would find it difficult to reach out i can't always even blame the parents because well if the young person is not reaching out what can i do what can i say and if and it sometimes it's very hard for you to speak out and so if you are not able to speak out then what is one to do right so it it is becoming very complex for sure but somewhere i feel that uh, like i have noticed a few a few of my students who otherwise wouldn't even give me eye contact have suddenly started like sending me messages sending me emails and saying we i'm worried about these these things or you know can you what should i do in these situations which i feel somehow they find it safer to reach out to me because it's not because they don't have to physically walk into my room you know again associated with stigma and all of those things so i feel it's i don't know whether i can only say it's a bad thing but definitely you're right it does it does have a detrimental effect which is why i feel that i hope that like you know like you said earlier or like sanya said earlier that it's it is it could be the new normal let's figure out how to you know um, navigate through this new normal so as to still be able to get the kind of support that we need um thank you ma'am ma'am uh, i did like my last question ma'am what would be your uh, word of advice to the teenagers stuck in the lockdown listening to this podcast right now so i don't have advice i have suggestions because the moment i say advice again it becomes that I, it sounds like i'm spewing gyan and i don't have the gyan to that will actually address everyone's concerns but i can definitely speak about some suggestions which i feel have a you know evidence based proof of supporting your positive mental health right so like i said i can't uh, i can't uh, say blanket statements to anyone over here which would then apply to everyone over here because that every person is unique every person is has their own individual strengths so if i spew gyan and say don't do this uh, you know don't do da, 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 that may not be appropriate it i don't believe in that but i definitely like i said based on some evidence based suggest uh, you know uh, ideas i would like to definitely share some suggestions that i have and i would just you know i just feel it would be great if you can try these things out and before i start let me put a disclaimer 99% of what i am going to say is not rocket science you already know it 
but what i why i'm saying what i'm saying is that you don't maybe you don't know how valuable it is even though it is so simple and so simplistic like you may say hey isme kaun si badi baat hai but actually bahut badi baat hai that it seems so trivial but the effect of it is you don't know how effective it can you know so, so these are some suggestions i'd like to give you first and foremost like this is a broken record i know figure out a semblance of routine for yourself in this lockdown and i don't mean you have to go to bed at 9:30 pm and wake up at 6:30 pm am no i don't mean that of course this is the time to you know be a little little loose and a little relaxed about your schedule but have one have a decent schedule when it comes to sleep which means which does mean going to bed at a decent hour of course i don't mean 9:30 but do i mean 2 am no that's not the healthiest to go about it because there are biological reasons why we sleep in the night and we wake up in the day not because sunsets and the sun, i mean yeah the sunsets and the sun rises and that's why that's where the science comes in right there's a reason to it there are chemical reasons to it so definitely have a decent sleep routine yes have your indulged days on sun saturday sunday weekend ko chill maro but on the average weekday have a sleep routine have a good routine of in terms of food more or less timely meals nutritious food which i am assuming now in the lockdown is become like you know someone told me the i'm dreaming about like a burger or a pizza or something like that because parents are too paranoid to order and ja ja ke ghar ka pizza fir bhi is not as whatever as a ordered pizza so then you know those so it's not like you don't have to but on an average right exercise because again i don't mean that you everyone has to start working out and everyone has to, no exercise can mean anything from you know the dreaded y'all all i don't know i should not be saying about everyone but generally people are like yoga uh, so boring but anything it can be absolutely anything right whether it's a short jog a short run or skipping or cycling within your society or whatever it may be but anything where you know you're sweating it out a little 45 minutes half an hour is also enough because it does release happy hormones it does release endorphins which help you and to remember especially as a mental health professional i'd like to say a healthy mind comes from a healthy body it is very difficult for a healthy mind to reside in a unhealthy body so and i don't mean this from a appearance perspective please listen to that it's not about how you look it's about how you feel it's about how fit you are and not about what fitness looks like i really need to say that that's the first thing the second thing is remember what i said earlier that you guys have already been using these of, of online ways of engaging in friendships and relationships but relook at that right now relook at how you are engaging in your relationships in these online ways and engage in positive meaningful relationships friendships that build you up rather than pull you down friendships that are you know they are rooting for you rather than only pointing out what you can't do well i'm not saying you have to let go of positive feedback i mean you know of critical feedback but generally engaging in the positive relationships in your life whether it's at home or whether it's friends or whatever it is uh 
have a trusted person to talk to not just in your friend circle but even in your in the adults in your life find at least one person who you feel has their head on their shoulders and you can trust to not freak out as you say but still be there for you when you need to talk about something i would love it if that's a parent and i know that that's a, that's true for many of you but if it's not anyone anyone who you feel it could be a parent a teacher you know a counselor in your school anyone um i know that a lot of you are feeling that you're alone in how you're feeling in some of these situations but really trust me you're not alone which is why i said that reaching out to people and you will know how much even if others around you may not be struggling they will then be in a better position to support you not remember not like i said because you are weak and they are strong because right now you are vulnerable and tomorrow when they are vulnerable i'm sure you will do the same for them so draw support from each other also um think about what motivates you and makes you feel good about yourself rather than only thinking about what makes you happy and there's a difference between the two because if you're only thinking about what makes you happy there's nothing wrong in it please also indulge in things that make you happy but usually when we think about the things that make you happy they are the things that usually bring pleasure and pleasure is very momentary so you know binge watching something on netflix can definitely make you happy in that moment it may distract you from something so do it i'm not saying don't do it at all but if that is your way of dealing with everything in your life that okay i'm feeling crappy about myself i'm feeling i'm feeling not feeling good let me just distract myself by drowning in this binge watching of what i'm watching but when you when the whatever happens when that show ends or when the lights go off and when the lights and the electricity and the generator and everything goes off those problems are very much going to still be there you know so find thing find what you can engage yourself in other than what makes you happy and like i said the way to do that is by answering two questions does this make me feel motivated and does this make me feel good about myself do i elevate my own self image when i do this so you know when you do things that make you feel productive you feel good about yourself you feel ki i am so cool you know when you finish like a 5 km run you're like wow i really did that how cool am i or you know you really cracked that terrible math sum finally and you're like yes i did it so these are very bad examples i i what i mean is also please think of you know think about examples that are important for you as an individual so look at what makes you feel motivated and what makes you feel good about yourself and use that to reward your brain because the more you feel you know when you when you complete that reward loop is that's more sustainable than just one that works on happiness or pleasure and lastly one thing i'd like to uh, say i mean this please understand these are not in order of importance these are just generally things that came out uh, of from what i said but one last thing also i'd like to say please actively think about how much social media is dictating your life how much it is dictating your time your use of time how much it is dictating what you feel about yourself how much is it dictating how you think about your own self your self image how much is it dictating what you feel about your friends um again 
the last thing i will say is get off social media because that is such so not a thing to say or do i mean i am on social media i would be so hypocritical of me to say you get off it and look at what you guys are doing you are using social media for something so wonderful but definitely what can happen when we are uh, you know social media can have that illusion of making you feel ki what you see in front of you is what it is and isse zyada kuch nahi hai isse kam kuch nahi hai which can be very misleading and it can give you a very distorted view not just of the world but also of yourself that you look at what people are doing on social media and you feel damn this person's life is so much cooler than mine and you know oh they have so many more friends than i do or oh god i got only 150 likes that person got like 500 likes that means they are better they have a better social group i'm not saying this in a trivializing way and i'm not saying this to these are like the simpler problems but i'm saying that how some of these things can have very far reaching effects and it can like i said it can make it sound like your social your social media presence is important in your generation i would be foolish to say that please separate yourself from your social media ideally that is the healthy thing to do but i know that that's difficult especially for your generation not because you know i don't mean like i said i don't mean that in a condescending way i mean that in a real like factual way but definitely try to strike a balance between the two is what i would say but yeah these are some suggestions i have which i feel may promote positive mental health and you know may kind of help you kind of start navigating between uh, things that you are already equipped to do you are already equipped to do all this so yeah that's what i feel thank you so much ma'am for that message okay with this we come to an end of the first podcast we hope that this conversation with anushri ma'am has brought some perception of mental health on behalf of the entire akr team i'd like to thank you ma'am for taking out uh, time from your busy schedule and uh, your day uh, to help us understand ourselves better thank you thank you thank you for the